0: hello 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 and welcome to episode number 19 of fast casual landa's official podcast brought to you live today from a number of different places we're in new york city we're in california and we're in toronto ontario Uh, my name is alex Mann, and i'm your host again and it's great to be back after a one hour break um as i like to say (laughs) every restaurant has a story and so without further delay let's get the show on the road i'm delighted to say i'll be chatting with karen Gogri. Owner, operator, franchisee, developer, therapist, lawyer—you name it. The man's got it all with brands like Jack in the Box, Black Diner, and Qdoba. Uh, Karen, do you want to give us an introduction? Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and um, how you got to where you are today.
1: Sure. Uh, well, uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, yeah, thank you, Alex uh, Rohad, uh, Landon, uh, Tiger, everybody for hosting. Uh, uh, I-, I will say this is the. the- First podcast I've ever been on, I'm a a frequent listener, but first one I've ever uh, uh, got to speak on. So it's it's, it's a true honor and and I thank you for the opportunity. Uh, So name's Karan Gogri. Uh, I'm a a 33 year old uh, uh, Californian who has uh, uh, literally grown up in the restaurant industry. Uh, You know, my parents bought their first uh, Jack in the Box in uh, uh, 1988. I was born in 1990. Uh, prior to that, uh, my dad had worked at Jack in the Box for a long time, worked his way up, and eventually was able to become an owner. Uh, and so my story kind of starts there. Uh, 1990, I was born. Uh, family owned one Jack in the Box. Uh, I grew up literally in the you know back office of it. Uh, that was my my nursery. Um, uh, by virtue of that, uh, you know, what when, when it was just one unit. Uh, it, the art staff was mom, dad, uh, grandpa, and at times me uh uh so you know i think first official job or unofficial job i should say was uh uh when i was old enough to count uh to, to sit in the office all the coins that we would collect rather than paying the bank to sort of like you know the percentage uh my parents would give me coin rolls and, and the That's coins funny. and that would be how i'd uh uh spend times spend time just counting and saving some money that way uh uh from then on i went on to uh being the uh unofficial uh uh Hamburger wrapper, so I'd sit at the end of the line uh, after washing my hands and doing all the other stuff, probably violating some child labor laws, but no health violations. Uh, wrapping up the burgers once everybody else has done them. <laughs> it's a different uh, time. Different time, absolutely. <laughs> and, um, uh, but uh, that was probably at like five, six, seven years old. And then uh, uh, from then on, I've worked probably every position in Jack and the Box. I also got to see my parents grow from one jack-of-the-box all the way up to, uh, at one time, owning 10 units uh, amongst two states, between California and uh, Arizona. Uh, We've always been Bay uh, Area-based, most of our our, our operations here. Uh, But then uh, we we dissolved the partnership, retained our California stores, uh, but brought our unit count down to four. Uh, and that's really where I stepped in from beyond just being an employee and kind of being an after school job and, you know, kind of a, something cool to do to uh, uh, that being my career, uh, you know, help facilitate uh, uh, that, that buyout, uh, help facilitate um, uh, new terms with our franchise or at Jack in the Box, and then kind of spearheaded our family's regrowth uh, in not only Jack in the Box, but also then diversifying it to uh, Black Bear Diner. Uh, diversifying into a uh, little Caesars pizza, and then the latest, uh, diversifying into developer and uh, franchisee for Qdoba. Uh, so that that's kind of been the last uh 30 years of my life. Uh, in between, uh, went to college at UC Santa Barbara, uh, went to uh law school, at uh, started at Loyola Law, finished up and had to move back to the Bay Area to help out with uh, some family health issues as well as help out in the restaurants. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, uh pursued my education mostly because my mom said, Hey, the business is always going to be there. Uh, but I want you to have a degree, uh, in case, you know, something ever goes wrong or you know, God forbid, if something were ever ha- happened to the restaurants, we yep. watch it, something you could fall back on. We have the opportunity to do that. But, uh, but my heart's always been ever since I was, you know, as, as old as I can remember, my heart's always been in business and to come back to the restaurants.
0: I mean, that's unreal. And you know, what's interesting is like we've spoken to a number of different people who've kind of gone into family businesses as well and just like you know it sounds like what uh we were just talking about it just before we came on you were using the word incubator it's like the house you're in right now is almost like a startup incubator and you guys have like grown insanely over the last number of years i mean like so many locations i guess my question to you is like do you feel any what's the kind of pressure you feel coming in as the sort of the millennial into the parents' environment, you know.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, I, again, I, I think uh, uh, you grow up and eventually you learn a, You learn terms like "nepo baby" and you, you know, you get the silver spoon and you know the assumptions that are made about you. Um, yeah. And, and and I'll I'll be kind of probably not all of them are true, right? Uh, 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 you you're afforded a lot of opportunities uh, thanks to the hard work the generations before you put in. Um. Uh. So you know, it, I look at it two ways. On, on one hand, it's it's one of the biggest blessings, right? It's it, 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 first and foremost, right? You, I got to see uh, the America dream firsthand. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I know we spoke about this uh, in the past. I, I've spoken to Rohan about it in the times we crossed paths. Uh, you know, my, my my family story even before I was born. Uh, my my dad uh, was apprenticing to be a tailor in India. Uh, yeah. My grandpa was owned a little shop in India. They sold everything and came to America with two hundred dollars in their pockets. Uh, which I believe it within three days they were robbed at gunpoint for. So they they literally started, you know, with nothing in the country, uh, found work in the restaurant industry, and uh, you know, uh, you know they'll tell you uh, minimum wage was two dollars when, when when they started. Uh, and to see that those humble beginnings uh, to now, uh, and, and it, it, as much as I've gotten to help out and be a part of that growth, to witness it and to learn from it. Uh, that, you know, I I, I say I, I got to go to law school, but I got a free MBA just being yeah. around. So that's a huge blessing. Uh, you, you're not wrong in that there's a pressure there, but I think the pressure is, is, you know, you're you're standing on the shoulder of giants. You know, my grandpa sacrificed everything for his dad, for my dad to have that opportunity. You know, I know what uh, my parents sacrificed for me to have this opportunity that, you know, they, they had to work 20 hours a day at the first unit they, they bought so that today we can now acquire units and build units yeah. and and do those other things and uh uh still to this day that's why i you know if we open a new restaurant as long as as long as they need i'm still working on the floor because i know what they gained from having that experience and, and, and the equity it builds in the people around you uh and, and those kind of macro lessons are are the, are the blessing and the the uh, uh pressure is just you know I, I always feel like i'm indebted to the time and the sacrifices that grandpa made that mom yeah. made, that dad made, uh, that my little sister made, that everybody made, so that we could be in this position for me to be at the helm of such a, 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 a industry.
0: Totally, And it's actually amazing, and it's funny. Like I think about it a lot. Just like I mean, we all think about that because we're all in our thirties now. or that's we're all in our thirties. Yep. Um, is like you know your our viewpoints. You know, in the sense that you know you guys are what first or second generation like immigrants. You know, obviously I'm not even from here. But I think about it a lot in the sense that, like, you know, how does your sort of, like, viewpoint, your, your, back, your education background coming into a family business, like, that sort of, like, insider-outsider almost, like, having that sort of difference? Like, how do you, how do you, what's your kind of take on that, essentially? Like, when you think sure. about, like, you know, you've got that education, you've got that background, and you've got the family business, and how do all these viewpoints collide for success?
1: Yeah, I, I would say if if there's one thing that uh, the, the 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 biggest upside and the biggest downside to, to to a family business that's multi generational, in my experience, is is exactly that. It's one the interpersonal dynamics of you know uh, a family, right? Yeah. You, you, you listen to mom and dad. You, you know, they, there's, there's a pecking order. Uh, on the flip side, I grew up also being the target consumer for. Ninety percent of the brands that were involved, in, right? Yeah, uh, the millennial was where you know, eighteen to thirty-five year olds is is where you know uh, most brands are trying to market to, and I'm the consumer. Uh, yeah. and, and so, on one hand, I'm, i you you get both perspectives and add to that the adding in, the the the, the uh, influence of technology. The 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 changing of of dynamics in in, in, throughout generations uh, and the way people think. I wish I could tell you there's an easy answer as to how to make conversations easier. It's something, (laughs) but uh, I think it it also it's a huge benefit. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 you uh, you, you learn from the lessons of the past. Uh, Sometimes it's you're learning from other people's mistakes. a lot of times you're learning best practices, right? Like I think um, uh, a perfect example of this is, so in the dynamics of our family business throughout my life, um, you know, but my dad was a boots on the ground operator. My mom was the back of the office, HR, uh, admin side of things. Um, uh, the, the, the the I witnessed the benefit of Dad working every day on the floor. I witnessed the benefits of my mom knowing every employee's name and being so involved with you know the, the every aspect of their life. Like if if uh, you know somebody's niece was having a quinceanera, or if somebody's you know, yeah. uh, you know brother-in-law was having, like my mom knew all that information uh, and, and you know that that personal touch to, to the to the business. Acquiring one restaurant at a time. I don't think that flip that switch ever flipped to not thinking of it as a, as a family business and realizing that, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, we're at the point where uh, we do need to outsource some of these things, not because we're lazy, not because uh, we don't have a work ethic. It's just yeah. there's hours of the day. And w- all, what we have to do is much more important in the decision-making and the the, the negotiations than saving an hour of labor by manning the cash register. And, yeah. so that flip, and, and to your previous point of, being the second generation person, where you know the assumption is kind of what you wear is, everybody assumes you have things head to you. You're, you don't want to work. Well, no, it's not that I don't want to work. It's that yeah. we're just in a different place. It's it's minimum wage is not two dollars anymore. We have more than one unit. Uh, the challenges we face today are not the challenges we faced yesterday. Uh, it's not because I'm not willing to do that work. It's and, and, and having that conversation in a respectful way that, Hey, yeah. we're all moving towards the growth of the business. This is what you see. This is what I see. This is the perspective I come from. I might be wrong. You might be wrong. We, we, we can't just dis- disregard something cause it's the old way of doing things. And we shouldn't be so opposed to doing things a new way and, and marrying yeah. concepts. And that's
0: awesome. And I mean, I always laugh cause in my family, I have a large family as well. And it's the kind of running joke in ours is you can choose your friends, not your family, and. You know, when it comes to like scaling out this like uh, restaurant business now, you're saying that like you, you mentioned last week, am I right in remembering that you're like some of your fraternity brothers are involved with you as well, and you've kind of you know, so you've grown this, you've kind of brought in a whole cohort of advisors and yep. you know business partners, and they're slotting you know, into this
1: dynamic as well. And, and you know what and, and that's a perfect example of how the benefits of that tension between the old way of doing things and a new way of doing things is great. Uh in that um uh you know, I brought in people I knew were willing to work hard and that I could trust that may not have had the best resumes. You know, a lot of them didn't have any restaurant experience. But looking at from from the 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 uh, decisions that my parents made and the, from coming into the industry with no knowledge and growing in it, you see the benefits of that too, right? So, uh, you know, one, one of our uh, director of operations uh, couldn't even speak English. Today, he's our director of operations in Jack of the Box. Yeah. So I, I view that best practice to when I'm now uh, uh, making decisions about hiring and firing as to, hey, what is it worth hiring somebody with a great resume who knows the industry like the back of their hand yep. versus, hey, let me bring in somebody I trust that's willing to grow, that's hungry, that you know I don't have to worry about the safe with, but I know we get along, we can spend 20 hours a day together working, and I get the benefit of somebody who, who trusts me. In, yeah. You know, not asking for the highest salary knowing that they're going to grow with me and i know that i can trust them to appreciate the opportunity that's being given and so I mean, that, it, it's a perfect example but this is not now somebody coming off the street this is somebody i met in college who comes in with a lot yeah. of knowledge and other uh you know avenues of life they're more financially savvy than our director of operations was on day one but that person probably knows the restaurants more than this new guy and you know you 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 take that old lesson and you deploy it in a new way. Totally. Um, and you, uh, you, go on, Ram. Uh,
2: so it, it's funny because all three of us come from family businesses. Um and, and for me, like when, when I was in the family business, one of the things that was really hard was um, getting the elder generation to sign off on technology. And 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 since we guys since we already work together, I know that your family now is is, you know moving with technology, but how is that how is that graduation from from the earlier days to now and, and how did that well,
1: process? So, so from our perspective on that, it's interesting. And I and I say that to add to the family business portion of it, we're also Bay Area for HIZs. So we're kind of we're surrounded by technology, right? And the yeah. reason I bring that up is it's funny. I don't think that this is a family business issue. It's more of a uh, just a general technology and uh uh, uh philosophy of our industry issue. In that there are, uh, until recently, the benefits of technology, it it it, it did seem it seemed like a luxury, not a necessity. And I think more so, technology is totally. a necessity. And there hasn't been any pushback. If anything, if if anything, that's one thing that that uh, has been in my favor. Uh, dealing with a family business is, hey, you we know we're lucky enough that we have somebody who grew up who happens to be a nerd. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> Uh, A lot lot of those early paychecks were spent uh, by graphics cards and building computers and video games and stuff like that. So, so in that way, it's actually, if anything, it's, it's the value I add versus attention point.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Totally. And you know, what? what I, what I was thinking was quite interesting as well. And I've, you know, I've done so many of these interviews now, Karen, and from very peers of yours that are also as successful, lots of restaurants under management, all that kind of thing. And like one of other thing I hear again and again is, you know, you can train service in people, like you can do that. But, you know, there's a quote unquote, like a je ne sais quoi when it comes to like what makes great hospitality people, great people in hospitality. Oh. And I hear certain words thrown out like empathy, for example, is a great word, like how do you find that? And so I guess my question to you is like, when you think about like, you know, bringing people into the organization, how do you think yeah. about finding people with that kind of x factor that kind of je ne sais quoi
1: so it, it it's tough uh to your point you know you you, you, you could trade so much and, and the benefit of, of uh, uh from, from our perspective is is, yeah. thankfully in the restaurant it, it, most restaurants there, there's front of house there's back of house if if somebody's willing to work and and is capable of learning we could find a space for you right like uh uh, uh you know, our, our we hope our cooks are very friendly, nice people that can be guest-facing. But hey, if 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 dealing with people is not your thing, it's not your forte, prep, cook, dishwashing—there's there, other avenues there. Um, uh, It's—I I think the empathy piece is something that we we clock in management more than anything because yeah. in, in that case, so we run it. This is something I hope we never lose: is we still run it like a family business. Um, uh, and, and and the reason I find that important is the empathy is there even from people who have to make very difficult business decisions. Um, uh, and, and so it's working with people daily and seeing if they display it, there's, there's really no way of, of knowing yeah. that if you work with somebody. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, and I, cause I like, I
0: hear it again and again, and it's like, it's hard to, it's one of those hard to describe, but you know, it when you see it and that in and of itself, like for like scaling organizations is like when I think about like what makes the success of like an organization like yours. Absolutely. And I think about it, I mean, I think about this, cause I, now this is all I do in my job. <laughs> Seemingly, it's have These conversations, oh, yeah. I should be a consultant now. But one of the things is that like, what's what I think separates it. I'll give you an example of what I heard. I had a call yesterday. I did a podcast yesterday with uh, the head of operational excellence at Dave and Buster's and we were talking about like what makes sort of like it has a, have its own X factor. There are like 200 locations, 150 Dave buses and 50 more other, they bought another brand. And we were talking about this and we were like, you know, what is it that like lets them get to that scale? You know, like in the sense that like, you know, somebody can copy arcades and food, like anybody can. And we see them in one offs everywhere, but to hit 150 takes more than just like copying an actual like format. And I think the question I always think about here, and it's interesting for you, because you're in a family business, which is like scaling culture as you grow, you know, like, like, you can scale a process, but scaling culture is a whole other challenge. And that's the secret, that's the X factor. But then you have an additional flavor to it, which is the fact that it's like a family business. You have also scaling at that scale and to your point saying you don't want to lose the family business kind of angle to it. So I'm curious your take on that.
1: No, I think uh, uh, I'm going to steal that phrase, scaling culture, because I think that uh, unintentionally that you're welcome. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, one uh, uh, of the one of the uh, best practices. Thanks, but I don't have to pay royalties to this podcast. I hope. Uh, 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 no, but um, uh, scaling culture, I think the best practice, and this is the reason I find it important to still be in the stores every day. And you know, I've I've done my growth geographically versus just looking at a spreadsheet. And hey, here's a good chance in. Idaho or something like that. Like, I want to be able to walk into the store is modeling good, good culture. You know, it's like if, if I go into the restaurant, I'm not in sweats. I'm not in um, uh athletes. Or if I am, then I'm only a customer. If I'm coming in as a like, so that's all to say that that's why I I value people in my senior management being people I generally enjoy working with every day because you want to be around them, you want to have similar worldviews, similar values. Uh, uh, to your point, that that's hard to train, and and. I, it's the short answer of it is how do you scale culture well you, you live it you model it, it it comes from the top yeah you know so i so the same way i'm uh honest uh i'd like to think generous and uh, uh care about each one of my director of operations each one of my managers each one of my employees but in showing that like for for example we had a uh, i have a manager uh i'm literally been housemates or roommates and this is after college with my managers uh yeah. i've been uh you know because if they need housing they can come stay with me you know it's it, 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 emulate. emulating is showing that level of compassion at that level of care i would hope that my managers show that to each and every employee that they understand that hey if somebody's late because yeah you know, babysitter showed up 15 minutes late i don't tear my manager my, my general manager's Heads off if something in their life is going on that's impacting their work. I hope they don't do the same to their employees. And so it's it's just little things like that, and, and, and it's being there. You know, a lot of yeah. a lot of times, I think most people want to do the right thing. They want to do what's best. Everybody cares about it. You show you care. They you you retain the people who care.
0: No, oh, exactly that. I was, Ruhan, were you about to say something there? Sorry, you were. I, I was. I
2: was. Um, hey, sorry. Uh, sorry. Since since the Bay Area ha- has come up. Um, I wanted to know Karan's um, thoughts on the fast act and and how do you think that this is going to affect the industry, how this is going to affect us all and and what what next?
1: Sure. so I'll give a, a broad answer, and I'll award you that it kind of touches on everything we've already talked about. And the broad answer is is, one of the one of the things you learn if you're going to be in the breast art industry a long time is that, pardon my French, but French, but shit's going to happen. <laughs> There's going to be things that come up, uh, a lot of things that are out of your control. Uh, what we've learned in general is panicking is not helpful. Uh, you can only control what you can control, uh, yeah. uh, and, 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 and so this Fast Act, right? Like let's you know, let's talk about it, right? It's going to raise the cost of labor for us. End of the day, right? Uh, uh, let's parallel that to what we just went through in the pandemic that affected the entire nation. It, we didn't know what what impact it was going to have. We assumed it was going to be bad. And in reality, at the end of the day, we just had to get through it. Uh, I looked through my entire history in the restaurant industry. Now, this is 33 years, right? We I've been through... Uh, A brand suffering a PR nightmare that had nothing to do with us. Uh, I won't, yeah, this is not a brand affiliate with me, but uh, just to point out where it's happened in other folks' brands, uh, uh, imagine you're a franchisee of Wendy's. It wasn't your store. You own a Wendy's in New York or you own a Wendy's in Colorado, but everywhere in the news, nationally, you're talking about a figure that was found in Chile. Now your sales are impacted. What control did you have over that? Right? Now that's a challenge. But you got to deal with it. You wake up tomorrow. You got employees that are showing up to work, and you, you deal with it. Uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, we had, um, uh, like I said, the pandemic. We had um, California. This one kind of relates to the fast act, and I'll, I'll bring it back to this. Uh, almost twenty years ago now, uh, California was on a trend, county by county, raising the minimum wage. You know, so you had San Jose County. Or, uh, or the city of San Jose raised the minimum wage just in the city. But then uh, the counties around it hadn't. That caused a challenge for everybody in San Jose. Uh, so big answer is, it, it, is it going to be a challenge? Absolutely. Is it something that we're panicking over? Some, maybe. I mean, it, it kind of depends on where you are in the industry, where you yeah. are in your, in your cycle. Uh, I would say what what it's going to cause and what I hope it causes with some people is uh you know it's going to change everybody's pro forma it's going to change everybody's expectations it, it it it'll probably uh uh make people question and uh challenge the way you know, what, what makes a successful store What you know their 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 uh, uh appetite to invest uh mostly I think it's just gonna be a time thing right because it, it, you know I, I yes minimum wage increases ideally what that means is everybody's gonna have more money so in, over the course of five years it's just going to be inflationary, so prices are going to raise. Uh, on the other end of that, uh, technology and best practices on our end are going to change. We're going to become more efficient. Um, you know, in the short term is where it's going to feel more people are going to yeah. feel the most pain, right? It's uh, a restaurant that was just barely surviving, uh, maybe was already shedding transactions. This might be the death blow. Uh, thankfully, we're going to look at it. You know, we wish, you know, in an ideal world, wish we had more time to make some of these decisions and judgments. It is what it is. Um, so, so uh, that That's all to say. It's going to be a challenge. We know it's going to be a challenge. Really, the only decisions most franchisees have is, hey, do I want to stay in this industry? Yeah, I think people are still going to be hungry. I think people are still going to have to eat. And I'm still relatively young, so I'm not looking to exit. Or are we going to just weather this storm, just like we did with COVID, just like we did with any of the other 100 things that have come up over the last 30 years? That's what we're going to do.
0: Where is it likely to have its most impact?
1: Uh, that's tough to say. Uh, again, I, I, I won't pretend to, 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 yep. to know that answer. I will say what I would assume and I think what most people are preparing for is, like I said, if you're already struggling, I don't think it's going to be geographic. It's If you are already struggling, it's going to hurt you more. Um, uh, if, if you are already having a challenge with labor, it's, it's going to be a, a bigger challenge. Uh, if your store already had a, uh, issue with generating sales and the volume, this is yeah. not gonna happen. Uh, I think it, it, will, you know, hopefully franchise to franchise, I'll say it the same way with uh, the pandemic, right? Each brand, each segment of our industry responded differently. And we're now just seeing the fruits of it. Uh, you know, uh, the way Blackbear handled it, one of my brands I thought was great. Uh, that, it, that industry, which was so focused on sit down, uh, you know, that segment of the restaurant industry that was so focused on sit down took the biggest hit, you know, uh, a dieted, uh, business not being there. That's 90% of our business, everything with a drive through saw sales increases. So jacks and food that did require dining room, that's all increasing. Uh, after now that we're hopefully on the other end of the pandemic, uh, the, those who survived. Black Bear found a third-party delivery at an off-premise dining that we didn't know. I, I, I don't think anybody knew existed. It was gonna, We thought when 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 uh, everything shook loose, uh, uh, you know, dining would come back and third-party would taper down. Yep. Actually, what happened is Dine-In stayed steady. This came back, so it was just a new revenue stream for us, essentially. Right. Uh, on the flip side, Jack and and all these brands that were QSR and the quick serve and the ones that had drive-throughs and that were already kind of prepositioned to deal with the de- pandemic. Well, Hey, you know what? It juiced our sales now uh, on the flip side, uh, uh, year over year numbers might not look as great because, okay, now, now, uh, uh, when we were the only game in town in some towns, not because yeah. we're doing anything wrong. It's just now they're, you know, the, the, the Denny's and the black bear diner are open again. So some people are going to eat there versus us. Uh, we, we, made a lot of money during that time but now year-over-year year sales aren't going to look as great you know you, you, that, so I find it hard to answer the question is the where, where where is it going to affect the most honestly we don't know yeah we kind of know that the, the the day-to-day challenges are going to be uh uh you know the cost of labor is going to be up we're gonna, yeah. you know, there's gonna be difficult decisions in the stores that uh weren't generating enough income and then the stores that are just on the cusp we're gonna have to figure out hey how much of it is taking price how much of it is becoming more efficient or operations be it less hours new, you know by yeah. what right investments we're going to make and where to, to to weather that storm so you it's kind of like
0: the, uh, designing an like an equation effectively to solve into the next phase like it's
1: and, and not even just an equation because i don't want to take the human element off it yeah you know, like have to on the other end of it hey is there day parts or is there uh, is there opportunities elsewhere we where we don't have to lose an employee or shut down a store or make these difficult decisions. So our first, first way we deal with this is always going to be, Hey, let's, let's pivot. Let's find a way to be flexible. You know, um, uh, um, again, during the pandemic, uh, some folks ran a skinny skeleton staff and didn't think about, Hey, what happens day I open my doors. My labor was a little yep. bit higher. We still stayed a, a state of a board, but when the pandemic ended, my black bears recovered in my opinion a little bit quicker because we didn't uh, leave all our cooks out to dry. We found ours, yeah. right? So it's like, how much foresight? And that, that's why I say it's, where are you in the industry? If you're somebody who's looking to exit, again, I look at it like the pandemic. Some folks after the pandemic said, hey, do I want to go through this again? Or do I want to sell my business to, a, to the next generation, cash out now, and let, let the next 30 years be somebody else's problem? That might be a decision some people make. So for me, as somebody who's going to operate for the next years, I, it's just, how do I survive the next couple months, year that we figure all this out. And we yeah. will figure it out, we always have. And again, like I said, my cornerstone to all that is, you're not gonna out-innovate hunger. Right? <laughs> There's not gonna be an app. There's not gonna be a, 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 a you know, uh, we're, we're not gonna boycott Twitter and then go on to post or, you know, it's not <laughs> gonna be that. It's, you we're gonna go quote on that. that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so kind of to your point, right?
2: Uh, there, there were two really important key takeaways that I took from what you just said. Um, one was, uh, it seems inflationary, and and two is the stores that are struggling um, might struggle some more. So does that mean we're going to see consolidation um, in in the fast and the QSR space?
1: Most likely, most likely. And but again, and I would say that that would happen because of the fast act that could happen that happened during COVID. You, you'll you'll see that happen a lot. I, now now maybe and this is uh, uh, it ties in to landed. Uh, for better or worse, in that you know, a, a, from a day to day operator, you know, my managers are going to feel it because of in the interim, their labor and, and you know, the, the, the formulas of the day to day decision making they have to make to stay to keep labor in check that's going to change. And I will say, what the tough part about about uh, this happening and jumping up so quickly, this quickly is not that we don't want to pay minimum wage. And I, I hearken back yeah. to uh, when they were doing county by county. When they were doing it county by county, most of the franchise community, what we were saying is, hey, you know what? Do it nationwide just so everybody's playing by the same rules. Yeah. Right. So now everybody has to make these tough decisions, right? The brands that are doing well versus you know, yeah. the, it, it shouldn't be just one, you shouldn't be able to drive five minutes and find the, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what happened when it was just happening county by county. Everybody wanted to work at my store because the minimum wage was higher, but they wanted to shop down the road where the prices were lower because the wages there were lower right? So it didn't solve the problem that people try to solve with the minimum wage, which is to let people live in the communities that they work in. Yeah, That challenge is not, I don't think is going to be solved. What the actual challenge is going to be for us is in that short term, how do we not lose good talent? How do we recruit good talent? Because now typically what would happen is if I'm hiring, if you have experience, chances are you can negotiate a nickel more on your hourly wage. Our tenured folks are going to expect a raise because- If you were making $20 an hour as a shift lead and now that's $20 an hour for the person who walks in the door with no experience, that's just what anybody gets. Now my price up that shift lead, my first thing is let's make sure they're getting paid what they feel they're worth. And it's going to make recruiting a little bit harder because now it's if I'm paying that much until the price and everything else catch up, now I need you to already have a resume. Now it's harder to hire the kid out of high school who... Is this is their first job and they were going to learn a lot of these things so that later on in life they could earn what they need to earn to raise a family of four it takes away that in the short term it's going to take away that margin for us to do
0: yeah but i would say inversely as well um it would also create a fluidity in the market again because other people are looking for those roles as well
1: that too and and more people have money in their pocket to spend so it's just you know again and that's why i say in the short term it's just while all that settles out there's going to be day-to-day challenges because of course yeah, by by uh, uh, sales tax, my property tax, by yeah, you know, mortgage. None, none of that is going to care about waiting for all that to catch up. So in that much, the the, the labor, the increase that the percentage of labor is going to put on my PNL is going to be felt across the brands. How we deal with it uh, is going to be case by case basis. Be it where you are in the industry. Are you looking to exit? Are you looking to sustain? Are you looking to grow? But but Alex, to your point, you're right. It it. While we figure out, you know, is it going to be more, more folks looking for those roles? Is it going to put more, is it going to make our industry more, uh, more palatable? Is it going to yeah. increase people applying? Probably, who knows? When, while we figure that out, the day-to-day challenge is going to be, hey, make it rent tomorrow. make it payroll tax the next day, you know, all that stuff. But again, that's always, there's a hundred things that could cause that for any given operator. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So Ruan, did I interrupt you there? No. Okay, oh, yeah, you No. Well, it's interesting you say like, you know, like impacting the day to day, because like, one of the things I'm definitely hearing is that like, there is a big demand for people coming back into hospitality, that there's like rebound hospitality, there was a phrase somebody used, and I wish I could remember what it is right now. But it was like um, a type of rebound hospitality in the sense that people who had left during COVID tried to go to, you know, online schools, tried to, you know, reskill themselves, they still have that certain sort of affection and love for the hospitality in and of itself and want to come back into the space.
1: But before so like, the contact, that was me, right? I I I, yeah. I I could go be a lawyer, but I this is this is what I'd rather do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, and I feel like you are one of a lot of people that are like coming back in because there's a magnetism, there's almost like an affection and a love for like hospitality, which sure. I think like, you know, ultimately, you know, I hear a lot about um from a broad spectrum of operators from fine dining to like franchises mm-hmm. to resorts to hotels. Is that like you know, competing on wage almost is like not enough to compete for the best people. No. That well, like in, the best, in, you know, I, in, in general,
1: <laughs> in, in general, I think that the, the 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 what we've learned in practice and in day to day, and and all that is, you know, you don't leave a, 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 a you don't leave someplace you enjoy for a nickel more. You know, typically, and and same with the consumer. You know, most people. If you if you increase the in price by a nickel, if you're providing good service, good food, all the other things, th- that's not really changed. Now, one caveat to that, I, I, we make this joke all the time. You know, a while back there was a lot of um, uh, uh, there was a high demand for government work, for construction projects and whatnot going on, and there were. And this is long ago, and they at the time the starting the way they were advertising it was uh, twenty dollars an hour. We were joking, like our employees that that said, "Hey, I can't." I can't not take this opportunity. Say, nope. Please. Yeah. Oh, only thing we, only thing we can tell you though, is your hours, they might not be here when you come back now. And the reason I bring that up is, is beyond the, the individual decisions people make uh, for their own, you know, what they need tomorrow or what their personal financial situation would be. One thing about the industry writ large, which I think a lot of people appreciate and can um, if they're, Discerning can figure out about it, is it's, I think, one of the last meritocracies left in terms of how hard you work is typically how far you can go with yeah. very few barriers to entry. And I think there's something exciting about that. You know, I think it's, you know, you could be a, a high school dropout from India.
0: That exactly.
1: And, and become a multi millionaire. You know, uh, um, folks bigger than, than us that, that started the same day or in the same position are billionaires now. Right. Uh, uh, that that it, it's in a way and I, I, perfect example. I'll like this even back to the fast act, not to get political about it, not to get anything else about it, but let's say the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the if the goal of the fast act was, or, or, or the minimum wage is to make sure that people can raise a family of four. I think the restaurant industry kind of solved that problem of creating a, a career that could sustain not only a family seed, but build a legacy. If you were willing to work similarly, I think you hear so much about, you know, uh, the need for diversity, inclusiveness and everything. Right. Without trying with no quotas, it just so happened that I believe right now of all the managers I have, I would say probably 70% of my management and senior management are women, not because quotas, not because it looks good, not for PR it just happened because we don't discriminate based on race, gender, you know, uh, any other, you, know, uh, you know, uh, protected or unprotected class. Yeah. If you want to work, you can go as far. And, and not to sound like Gordon Gekko, but that's the benefit of, you know, greed is good, right? Is if you're working and making money, who am I to care about what you do in your free time, right? Well, I, I think you're right.
0: I mean, I had, um, last week on the call, I had um, the head of... Um, Leadership um, Development Training at Chick-fil-A Corporate. And one of the things they talked about was like, you know, these sort of artificial ceilings their processes originally had, which was you needed a college degree to basically own one. And to your exact point, I mean, you know, on the topic of like how many more industries are left that can be as meritocratic as sort of the restaurant business. That's true. They couldn't, there were so many great people that probably were likely could never own one of their brands because they just put a ceiling that was, you needed a college degree, which, you yeah. know, now we know is at least, especially in hospitality, is kind of almost like, a, I mean, not gonna say relevant, it obviously helps, but like, it's not a key indicator of what makes somebody great at that job versus not.
1: Sure. And, and, and even that, there's a day-to-day rush of it all, right? Like, again, I this is where I said, like, it's, it is fun. I mean, as as much work, like I, I enjoy being on the floor at Black Bear. I enjoy being working with the staff, there's a camaraderie there, you know, I, for better or worse, our restaurants and their staff become a little bit of a family unit, um, uh, and, and to that point where you're saying, you know, there's, there's kind of a return to hospitality and all that, there is a certain, um, uh uh, be, beyond just the, 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 ownership and the industry, even at the store level day to day, like if, if you're a server or, you know, there, there, there's a, uh, especially around this time of year, like, you know, you, you could your, your service, you, you, the, the direct impact of your work, uh, and, and your efforts and, and your kindness, you see the it results immediately. Like that's why I always skewed more to the operation side versus the book yeah. side, like the admin side, the admin side is the results, right? What I like is, Hey, you can walk into your store and, and you make a decision and it's not, it's not speculative. You can that you could see the fruits of that decision in the next 30 minutes. And there's a certain rush to that, right? Like it, it, it the, the, there's something to that instant gratification.
0: Yeah, like what would be an example of that? Like walking into the floor there and you're like, boom, 30 minutes. You're obviously referencing yeah, something in your head. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I, I mean, we, <laughs> we, we, we could walk in and uh, uh, I, I remember once we had a, uh, uh, we were, this is at the Black Bear Diner. Uh, little did we know that uh, three tour buses were going to park in our parking lot uh, that we're going to now, uh, this was in a, in a time, like at a traditionally non-busy time, so we didn't have enough cooks. Yep. Uh to sustain, now all of a sudden, 90 people flooding the restaurant, all of totally. them, right? So, hey, g- get the managers together. Okay, uh, I'm going to run the wheel. You're going to go, You know, what the manager that was walking the floor and fill out a coffee, you're going to hop on the line. We all repositioned, and yeah. if I didn't happen to be there, or if somebody didn't know how to make those key decisions, you might not be able to get all the sales. But in making those shifts, and, and in real time, or like being there on a busy Sunday, and realizing, hey, this person's struggling, let's rearrange things. And then seeing that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the ticket times go from 30 minutes down to 20, down to 10 and seeing that benefit from the little tweaks you make, the subtle, uh, uh, probably petty desire of being able to say, I told you so. (laughs) All, all those things are kind of, it's, it's fun to deal with that kind of stuff.
0: It's interesting, you remind me, we use, there's an article that we kind of send around to new hires here all the time um, that uh, quote my old boss wrote, and it's called Giving Away Your Legos and, and Other Startup Commandments. It's a really powerful link. I'll send it to you afterwards. Shout out to Molly Graham here. Uh, but like, one of the things is like, you know, when you're in, what makes a successful organization to move fast and to actually grow quickly is being comfortable with the uncertainty, being comfortable with the flexibility and having great leaders who are comfortable at that, that are willing today to do this job, that's your job spec, but not to be wedded to your job spec because you might be asked to do something over here. And it's interesting because you didn't say it, but it quite clearly is like, you've had great people on the floor in that restaurant who yep. are comfortable with that uncertainty. Yep. Clearly 90 people are coming into a restaurant can phase a lot of people, but you've yep. obviously assembled a great team of people that, that were willing to say, I'm going to be on the floor right now. Happy days, no problem. And I'm, I'm willing to give away my, quote unquote, my Legos, you right. know? Right,
1: right. Well, it, it, it's, it's to that point, you're know, another uh, perfect example of, of, of this. Is and, and this is where I am fortunate and I, I am happy at the culture we built, which is, uh, and especially, I, I hear this whenever I, Get folks from other uh, organizations, or or may, might have not worked for the, you know, worked in the best cultures in the past. You know, the, the one thing I make sure is none of my managers. Are, I, I remember when these things happened, that being busy is a privilege. You know, that yeah. folks walking into the restaurant is a privilege. There's there's some people there. I mean, there's going to be restaurants like right now in the past who wish they had you know, uh, a uh, uh, line out the door and making everybody yeah. work hard. So, it, 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 and I bring that up to the, you know, a, a perfect example of this, like making the little tweaks in real time and, and learning for, from, uh, uh, learning from challenges. Uh, you know, our, our, my black bear daughter and alcohol, uh, we opened, uh, not too far away from mother's day. Now, probably the two highest sales days for any given black bear are mother's day and father's day. Just system wide, those are very popular. It, it happens to be a brand that that does a lot of business on those days, yep. uh, and and unfortunately for us, our first Mother's Day was six weeks into our opening, which is about the amount of time it takes to really get a store in place. Yeah, and we did crazy sales, but it was probably one of the most grueling. I mean, we had a manager who didn't who didn't know what they were expecting. Yeah, we tried our best to, to to coach them and all that, so. Between that and Father's Day, Mother's Day, again, pardon my French, kicked everybody's asses. I've had days like that where I've had managers turn in the keys. Everybody in that restaurant said, okay, we're going to, we can either feel down on ourselves or learn. By the time Father's Day rolled around, we we did a lot of the things you mentioned, you know, kind of went against the grade. We, we we had extra labor. We kind of, you know, we did some counterintuitive things that that all that six weeks of training told us not to do. Uh, and then we were one of the highest sales on father's day and one of the smoothest days now, uh, now fast forward to, it just happened right now at Thanksgiving, right? Uh, we went through a, a Thanksgiving service, uh, at Black Bear during pandemic, which was a disaster just because we couldn't have predicted how popular we were going to be. We tried, we, we thought we could do our best. We took yeah. our, we learned from it. Um, uh, fast forward to this year, uh, uh, I think across the board, everybody was very successful, but my unit happened to be uh, highest sales in California. So it's it's just and the virtue of that is is everything you said. It's managers that that take challenges and and, and that culture of, of appreciating that challenges are just opportunities. You know, uh, uh, not not to be down on themselves, to learn, to not get discouraged, uh, and to be flexible. You know, I think um, yeah. uh, some of the best successes are, are when you're not following the the prescription, but you're kind of innovating and and, and, and being on the floor, learning and then implementing.
0: Totally. Um, I guess before I come to wrap this up, I'm like, Ruhan, is there any final questions from you? Um, I don't know why I said it like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure, this has been fantastic. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. This was a fun conversation. Nothing else from me, Alex.
0: All right, great. Well, Karen, seeing as we're in a festive Giving Mac season, is there any nugget that you want to highlight what you said here in this conversation or anything you want to say just to people listening, you know, about your management style or about the fast act or anything in between? Uh,
1: well, uh, I would say um, uh, it's again, th- 33 years of in the industry. I-, I would do it again. I hope my, my kids do it. Uh, uh, none yet, but hopefully my hypothetical kids will, will love it as much as I, I do. Uh, uh, you know, make sure if you come into it, just like with anything you do, come into it because you want to do it. You know, the, the other end of that is, uh, you know, I, my little sister, it wasn't her passion. Uh, and, and thankfully my, my parents were, were wise enough to not force her to join. Uh, it, it, but like all things, if, it, if it's a labor of love, there's a, there's a good living to be made. It's a fun industry to be in. And, uh, uh, thank, you know, Landed, thank you, Alex. Thank you, you know, uh, Rohan, Tiger, everybody for, for the platform and the opportunity to tell my story and to uh, uh, you know, uh, be my therapist for a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very good, yeah, man. You're an absolute legend. I'm actually delighted we got you on. I've loved hearing you and I've loved meeting you last week, getting you on the phone and getting you here now publicly. But, um, yeah, I mean, man, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I'm gonna end the session now and I will see you guys
2: backstage.
0: Happy holidays, y'all.
2: Happy holidays.